The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Can you tell if someone else is a Christian? Why is there so much confusion about eternal salvation? Welcome again to Grace in Focus, the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Today, Ken Yates will be interviewing an attendee and a presenter of our 2023 National Conference. This happened back in May of 2023. And they are just going to talk about the fun and the fellowship at our national conference and hopefully encourage you to attend with us next year in May of 2024. We hope you'll just sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. You can find out more about our national conference at faithalone.org. Now here are Ken Yates and J.B. Bond. Yes, and we're here at the annual GES conference. We've had a, a great conference so far. And I'm sure it's going to be just as good for the rest of the week. And JB is a longtime attendee of the uh, GES conference. Uh, JB, how long have you been doing this? I can't remember exactly how long, but I missed the very first conference. And then I think I've been to every other conference since the first one. So what you're saying is you're kind of old. I'm, I'm really old. Yeah, okay, yeah. you're old. Yeah. What do you think of it here at, uh, we've been, what, this is the second year at Camp Copus. Uh, what do you think of this location? I, I think it's fantastic. It's probably the, one of the best places because you can be all at one place. The, the rooms are here. The meeting rooms are here. The, everybody can be together. It's just a great place. What we're doing is we're having a a video tonight, and then after the video, there's a big bonfire out out here. So wow. this is a this is a great place yeah, for I, the family. I just don't know if I can stay up at late. <laughs> well, well, you have been attending a lot of these. <laughs> and so, tell me, what is your favorite part of attending the GES conference? Well, there's really two things. One, just the teaching aspect and all of that, all of the good information we get. But the second is the people, just being together with all these people who hold to the grace message of salvation and the, just talking with them and the fellowship. Everybody cares about everybody. So it's the, my, my favorite thing beside the teaching is just the fellowship with everybody. And I think a lot of our uh, listeners may not know this, but uh, back in the day you were a uh, football coach. And well, I'm not talking about like junior high or something well, like that. So tell us a little bit about well, that. I was on football staff at Mississippi State from 1973 to eighty. And I was assistant track coach, so I didn't get to do a whole lot of football coaching. I was on the staff, but uh, track coaching was big for me. Wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was before I went to Dallas Seminary. Yeah. Well, now, uh, what year did you graduate from Dallas? Uh, 1985, the THM. Yeah, JB and I, we overlapped. I graduated in 87, so we were wow. there a little bit of a time yeah. together, but I don't I don't remember JB. Yeah. I was too busy trying to work yeah. and going to school and all yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember you, and, but, and, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Now, tonight, just to give people a flavor of the conference, we are going to be seeing a video from 2006, and uh, tomorrow there's going to be a plenary session talking about what happened in the conference in 2006. Were you there? I missed that one. I think I was there, but I, I don't remember what this is all about. <laughs> so I'm, I'm anxious to watch the video tonight, and then... Have the conference thing tomorrow, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, Zane, who JB and I both had, Zane Hodges in seminary, right. he gave a plenary session in 2006 that caused 
quite a stir. Oh, okay. and uh, and tomorrow Bob Bryan is going to be talking about that. So uh, these conferences are great, and yeah. JB gave a plenary today. And, uh, J.B., what was it on? Well, it was a little bit weird because I, I, I couldn't figure out exactly how I wanted to title it, but it was basically trying to prove our salvation, or how can we prove our salvation to other people. And I was basically saying something like, uh, we can tell people that we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we believed in him for eternal life, and then whether they believe us or not, that may, that's probably the best way. And then there are other ways, whether whether we look at our works or not, and whether other people look at our works, and the truth is, uh, people can't tell whether somebody's saved by their works or not. And if you look to something other than Jesus Christ uh, for your assurance of salvation, you'll never know it. And so that's sort of what I talked about in a little bit, uh, little bit different details, but that's what we went into. Yes, it's uh, one of the things that was discussed. And, and by the way, for those who've never been to a conference, what we do is we have these plenary sessions and then we have a time to ask questions afterwards of the person who spoke. And then we have breakout sessions where people have a choice from three or four different um, topics to choose from. And you can go and obviously there's different speakers. Now, in your plenary session, what struck me was, and I know you run into the same thing because you mentioned this in your church experiences how sad it is that so many people in our churches do not have assurance of salvation based upon your topic, which is, you know, so many people look at, well, am I really saved by my works or something like that? Yeah, and, you're and, right. I mean, so many people, they, 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 have, they don't understand that when you look at the fact that Jesus Christ made a promise that he said, when you believe in me, I give you eternal life. And so our assurance of salvation goes back to the promise of Jesus Christ. And but other people, they're looking for so many things. People will say, well, if you're a real Christian, you ought to look at your lifestyle and make sure you're living right. The truth is that you can't go by lifestyle. You could be a believer living badly and look terrible. You could be an unbeliever living good and, and look like you're a Christian. So you can't go by lifestyle. And there's so many people out there who are told, how do you know you're saved? Well, you better look and see if you have fruit or something like that. And the truth is the way we know we're saved is we go back to the promise of God. Uh, Which was wonderful. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Christ's word. Right. Yeah. I mean, he said, I give you eternal life and you'll never perish. And that's that's the promise. And that's what we go back to. One of the things I really remember about your plenary session was you gave yourself as an example. And for those of who who weren't at the conference, uh, what J.B. was talking about was that he became a believer by stumbling into a Bible study, and he heard the gospel of eternal life as a free gift by faith alone in Christ alone for it, and he became a believer. But after that, uh, not too soon after that, your lifestyle was not that great. I, I didn't think we should bring this up, but <laughs> at the bottom line is, uh, before I believed in Christ for eternal life, I thought you had to be good to go to heaven. So I tried to live like a lot of good things. I wandered into the Bible study and heard the grace message of salvation, that Jesus died and rose again, and if I believe in him, I have eternal life, and I put my faith in Christ. And then when I, I was coaching at Mississippi State, I have to say in a sad way that I didn't live 
uh, not uh, you know I, after a while I grew and really uh, got excited and went on to seminary. But for some years I didn't I didn't I didn't grow as a Christian. And if you'd looked at my life, you might have said this man may not be a believer. And so it's funny that before I was a believer, I looked like a believer. After I was a believer, I didn't necessarily look like a believer. So you can't go by lifestyle. You just have to go by the great truth of faith alone and Christ alone for eternal life. And you mentioned you even had a convertible. That, yeah, uh, yeah, I had a sports car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <the> sport. <laughs> well, I don't know why I thought about yeah, a convertible. Yeah, but yeah, uh, It was a convertible. Yeah, yeah. yeah I took the top off. Yeah. And so if someone <laughs> saw you driving around in that convertible, it's like, that can't be a believer. No, like, oh, I, was cool. guy. I was so cool. Yeah. But it's it's funny. <laughs> well, it's not funny. It's sad uh, how many people look at works not only in other people's lives, but in their own lives. And when they do that, which one of us can measure up? Right. I think when a person begins to look and say, to see if I'm saved, I need to see if I'm living right, if I have the, and what will happen is always you see your sin. Uh, we see it in people's lives. We've seen it in people who write about it and say, when I when I was worried about whether I was saved and I look at my lifestyle, all they saw was their sin. And it's true. And that's why we have to look to Christ to be the one, only way to know we have his assurance of salvation. As many people have pointed out, when you look at your works to see if you're saved, there's only one of two options. One is you look at your work and you are falsely arrogant and say, wow, look at me. I'm doing really, really great. I must be, I'm obviously saved, which you're, then you're blind to your sin. You're arrogantly blind. Mm-hmm. Or you look at your life and you go, wow. I must I, not be a believer. I, that's yeah. it. And, and. And I have, uh, then I'm going to be all depressed. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. how can you not right, be if right. you're you're in the pew and you hear that? Now, um, in your church, one of the things I've always, I don't know, admired or been jealous. I don't know what the best word to look at is. You got a lot of college students. How do they deal uh, with this issue? You know, I'm. I'm roughly your age, and I deal with a lot of uh, people my age and in my church and stuff like that. But how do, how do college students handle the message of grace? And just in your experience, these well, we have a college pastor, and he is incredible. So I don't get to deal with them as much, except uh, I do have a small group of guys that I meet with that are in college or just out of college. But what it's amazing how many of them when they come off to college, they have never heard the grace message. They've never understood that it's faith in Christ for eternal life. And they've heard like, repent of your sins or give your life to Jesus. Or some of them actually give up. They, they've heard you got to live a certain way. And by the time they realize, they say, I just can't keep doing this. And some of them give up. And when they hear the grace message, uh, for many of them, it's like a new life. They go, oh my gracious, why wasn't I taught this before? Why didn't I understand that salvation is a gift and it's not my works, it's not my faithfulness that keeps me saved, it's Jesus Christ who is my Savior. So we see a lot of kids that, that, that they're, they're really confused because I don't mean it in a bad way, but very few churches teach a grace message and, and the idea that you're saved by faith alone and Christ alone. And so there are a lot of kids that are confused, a lot of college people. And I would imagine, uh, again, you're, you're around a lot more college students than I am, but I would imagine that in a postmodern world, I mean, I'm talking about when you and I were young, mm-hmm. we know what college was like. You know, you had your convertible right after that and oh, all yeah. that and stuff like that. Imagine with the moral confusion that there is in the world today, if you think, well, I've got to live this way to show I'm saved, 
I, I could understand why a, a college kid would say, well, there's just no way. I, yeah. I can't measure up to this. Or, or they say, okay, I, I can't do that now. Maybe when I get out of college <laughs> and I get going with my life, maybe then I can do something and, and I'll be ready to sort of turn it around. Because in their minds, they're hearing... I've got to, I've got to, you know, got to live a certain way, and they're not ready to do that yet because college is too much fun, so to speak. Well, absolutely. Yeah, and so they're going to say, "I'll just, I'll wait. Maybe after I get out of college, then I'll start trying to live the right sure. way." Sure. They don't understand that living the right way, you can't be saved by by your works. It's faith alone in Christ. Yeah. Well, JB, it has been such a thrill to have you uh, here. And uh, it's great to be with you at the conference. And for those of you who are listening, if you've never been to one, I hope that this gives you a taste of what it's like. So come and hear guys like JB and be a part of our conference. And remember, keep grace in, in focus. focus. Yeah. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, what is the Great White Throne Judgment all about? Is the believer going to be there? Or who is going to be judged there? We'll talk about it next time. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.